This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect. Hi, my name is Raquel Caserza. I am on the global strategy team for Selena. And what I love about travel is I love figuring out where the locals want to go. Um, I want to know where the locals going to eat, where are they going to listen to music, and where are they hanging out with friends, and um, you know what is it that they're drinking. Um, I, I really want to know where where they are and what they do on a regular basis, as opposed to necessarily going to the the Times Square of every city. I'd I'd much rather be at the back patio and in, in a local Williamsburg hang out. So that's that's what I love. I love I love figuring out what what everyday life is like for my counterpart living in in a foreign city. The millennial generation is traveling more than ever before. And when they travel, they're looking for community, location, and curation. From Bogota to Porto, Selena has designed unique hotel, co-living, co-working spaces around these needs. From surfers to startup founders, digital nomads are embracing this new traveling lifestyle in droves. Coming up, you'll hear about how Selena is thinking about topics such as loyalty and technology for the next generation of hospitality. You're listening to Travel Is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the travel and hospitality industry. Welcome to the podcast, Raquel. I'm really excited to have you on. I know we've met in person a Thank few you. times yes. at different conferences. Our worlds have kind of overlapped. And certainly with the Selena team, it feels like you guys are everywhere. Um, <laughs> even though it's a pretty small team, um, I've met so many of your colleagues at different places. Um, so I'm very curious because Selena hasn't been along, around for that long, but you have a very interesting kind of history and backstory of how it was founded and created. And so can you talk a little bit about what the impetus of Selena was? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and you're right. It's it's Selena seems to be, you know, absolutely everywhere. I feel like we have, you know, incredible colleagues all over the world who are really active in the in the travel community and engaging with it more and more. Um, But we do have such a cool story. It's so fun and it's so genuine. Um, So I I say that our company is a Panamanian and Israeli company. Um, We're we're both of those because we were born in Panama. Our founders um, started Selena in in Panama in a small fishing village. Well, fishing and surfing community, uh, Pedasi in Panama. Um, but they're actually two two guys from Israel, um, and I know that a lot of the people surrounding Selena at the very start were also, you know, Israeli, and many of my colleagues to this day are, are Israeli. Um, so, you know, two very strong cultures coming to form form Selena, um, and and really the way that they they started it, um, they were both in the Israeli army, and then after they left the Israeli army, I think they were both traveling around Panama when when they were introduced. Um, Daniel Rudasevsky and Rafi Museri. Um, Daniel today is the head of our real estate and business business development team, and Rafi is our our CEO. Um, totally incredible guys. Um, 
and just kind of the guys you want to be around. So they were both in Panama when they were introduced to one another, I think, through through friends. Um, and they, they hit it off and, and their friendship grew and they, they started kind of traveling the world together. Um, and they really found that there was um, kind of a gap in, in hospitality in general. Um, they both grew up in really strong communities and they have a really fierce perspective on what it means to build community and build relationships. Um, so they, they traveled around the world um, feeling out hospitality different hospitality environments around the world. Um, and then um, they ultimately decided to start building this community in the small fishing village of Pedasi, Panama, um, this fishing and surfing community. Um, and they, they started out, this is where the first Selena ultimately, ultimately started. I think it was back in 2014, 2015. Um, and, you know, they added a coffee shop and then they added a restaurant and then they added, um, a hotel and, and then they added some programming and slowly but surely they started building this really strong, very connected community in this tiny town that didn't have that strong sense of community. Mm. Um, and, and that's really where it came from is they were able to see, you know, a lack of community turn into a very strong community with, with some love and some care and some attention to detail. Um, and they thought to themselves, you know, hospitality everywhere should be like this. We should be able to help people forge these strong, genuine connections um, more broadly. And so that was really the start of, of Selena. That's where Selena came from. They, they wow. tried it, they tested it. Um, and they proved that there is something to building genuine human connections and relationships. And it seems to me too, like surf culture is kind of in the DNA yes. of Selena. So I know that was your first location. And how does that affect, uh, Selena today and just kind of the experience, but also the locations that you guys choose for your um, for your hotels? Yeah, that's a great question. And yes, I would definitely say surf culture, beach culture, you know, that's that's where we came from. So um, many of our original locations are are in these beautiful um beach towns loved by the locals across Panama or on, you know, islands off of Panama. Um and it's so easy to be warm and hospitable in places like that. So that's where we found ourselves growing and uh, originally in Panama. And then the second country that we moved into uh, was Costa Rica. Um, and so, so many, again, so many beachside towns. Um, and it's it's so easy for travelers to, you know, be themselves and be relaxed and turn on some great music and, and share a beer with another traveler in these beachside communities. So, um, you know, surf and being near the beach is a big part of where we came from. Um, we have grown, Selena's grown its surf clubs really significantly um, over time. So that's also a big part of our offering to our guests in locations where that's appropriate. Um, so we have surfers who are super experienced come out and surf with us, or we also do things like surf camps. Um, but there's, you're right that there's definitely something, you know, very embedded in us that relates to that, that relaxed beachside culture. But, you know, as we, we grow, we're not always going to be by the beach, right? right? So we, right. we've signed several locations in New York that we're currently developing. Um, and we actually have, in, in terms of what our market research teams look for, they look for six 
different property types. So they may be in global cities. They may be in, you know, prime tourist destinations. They may be totally remote in the jungle. Um, So unfortunately, we won't always be beachside, um, but we do really, really well there. And it is true to our spirit. And I think what we always need to remember as a company is that that warm sense of, you know, Latin beachside hospitality, we, we need to keep bringing that's that's in our blood we have to bring that everywhere we go and I feel like there's one constant in this life which is that surfing will always be cool right oh 100% (laughs) throughout the generations it's like not a trend surfing people are always cool they yeah no matter where in the world you go yes (laughs) I know you just you you bring it up and there's the instant cool factor so yeah (laughs) I mean even you're talking about Williamsburg before which is where I live and there's like a surf bar two blocks from my house with sand and surfboards and yeah we couldn't be further from that in in New York City but yeah Everyone wants a piece of that vibe. Uh, exactly. But how great is that? That, you know, in Williamsburg, you 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 think of brick buildings, you think of, of brass, you think of industrial, like old totally. warehouses that have been converted. But, you know, from a different differentiation standpoint, I'm sure that surf bar does really, really well yeah. um, because it is so different. And I, I think we we believe in 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 bringing our our surf culture and our beachside culture Um kind of wherever we go. I'm definitely not saying that, you know, a, a place we, we we start in Texas would reflect a surf culture or anything like that. But um, but it's it's definitely a point of differentiation. So we're, yeah. we're really proud of it. Can You said something interesting that I would like to dig into a little bit more is what you look for when you guys are choosing a location. Yeah. Because I know something I've heard, heard from your colleagues is that you're able to renovate and get these places ready to move in at an extremely quick pace. So is that part of your decision-making process? Yeah. And how do you kind of vet these spaces and locations? Yeah, that's that's an amazing question. And that, that really gets at the heart of what makes us um, grow so quickly, what, you know, makes investors so so thrilled with what it is that we're we're trying to do, um, and we're really proud of it too. So, um, you know, we have an incredible market research team, and and come to find out too, as we have conversations with other hospitality companies, our market research um, is actually really sophisticated, even though we are a younger company. Um, so, our market research they have key indicators that they look for. Um, they look at both domestic and and foreign tourism. Um, they look for you up and coming neighborhoods um mm-hmm. they look at for places that that the locals love and they actually have the ability to say you know not only what what country do we want to be in what city do we want to be in um we actually can go down to the neighborhood and even the the couple of blocks specifically that Selena should be in to really you know make uh our target guests happy. They want to be where where the millennials are and in any corresponding city. So we look for for that. And then in terms of the types of properties that we look for, um, we look for underperforming hospitality assets that really, really have no life. Um, because that's part of our value proposition is is we can step into these underperforming hospitality assets and really breathe this incredible energy and life into them, the Selena spirit um, into them. 
and you're right that we do convert really, really quickly. It's actually unheard of in hospitality yeah. how quickly we can do it. We can do it uh, in approximately 90 to 120 days. Which is wild. Wild. Uh, crazy. Can you, can you benchmark that for our listeners against how long does it typically take for a hotel to convert, as you say? Yeah. I mean, some of the the big boxes, they can take what you know upwards of, of 12 to 18 months, and that's on the low end. Yeah. Um, and so 120 days, it really is unheard of. Um, so how do we do it? Uh, we, well, first of all, we have incredibly organized teams and infrastructure internally to really create these, um, you know, Selena boxes. We, we have to kind of mechanize that and, and ensure that it's a highly efficient process internally. Um, so we have in order to really bring that life we have we do several things so we have concepting teams who will you know b- prior to even signing a property before it gets approved in our you know investment committee they will already un- they will already have a plan in place for you know how do we want to concept this what's the theme um how can we ensure that this property is reflective of the local community around it um, and then from there, um, you know, our concepting teams will also ensure that they have, you know, planned programming kind of ready to go. These are the things that we think our guests would like to do uh, and participate in and locals alike um, at this particular potential Selena. And then uh, one of the biggest things we do is called upcycling. And that is that has been with Selena since day one. We have an incredible Selena workshop team. Um, two people in particular come to mind, Oz and Annie, who we all know and love. Um, and they're incredible, incredible artists and incredible leaders. And they will, um, you know, they show up at a property uh, that hasn't been open or we haven't even started converting it yet. And they they source local artists, artisans from the community surrounding the potential Selena. And they they bring the Selena workshop onto the property where everyone is creating, you know, murals, creating art for the rooms, um, building furniture from scratch and upcycling. Um, this allows us to, one, renovate really quickly and, and at, you know, affordable prices. Um, but most importantly, it creates spaces that our guests love. So when you're in Antigua, Guatemala, you are going to feel like you're in Antigua, Guatemala. If you're in Lima, Peru, you feel like you're in Lima. Or, you know, in Porto, Portugal, you feel like you're in Porto. And that local authenticity is so important to our our guests. Yeah. Um, and for us, it's, it's an operational differentiator that allows us to open very quickly. So it's it's kind totally. of a win-win for everybody. Um, and, and also, you know, when you were speaking about choosing these locations, you said, what, where is the millennial kind of location, right? What's the cool neighborhood of the day? So I know that's something that can shift, right? Yeah. Um, so tell me about just the flexibility of these locations. How long are your leases and what is your ability to flex as, the hot local hotspots um, change, right? Um, so you're right. Definitely, local local hotspots do move, um, but in general, we find that we select locations um, where we're kind of early enough into mm. into the the change of the local neighborhood, um, and so. W- 
we're we're really looking for neighborhoods that that haven't necessarily hit their peak yet. They are up and coming. They're being renovated. It's where the millennials are are looking to move to, um, as opposed to maybe you know central business district. We're we're definitely not not looking for something like that. Um, and two, that's that's also going to change depending on the location type. So if we're looking for a beach destination in in Panama or Costa Rica, maybe it means for us that we're looking for, um, you know, a hidden beach that the locals love um, because it is up and coming and, and tourism is experiencing growth there as opposed to something that's really established and already a tourist spot. Right. Right. Totally makes sense. Um, and. For those customers, you know, you mentioned not being in a business district, but do you think some of these digital nomads that you guys focus on, are they traveling for business? Are they traveling to have a surf vacation? What is their intent when when they're coming to one of your locations? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. We get asked all the time, you know, t- who is this digital nomad? What what is that? <laughs> what does that mean? And how do you define it? So, uh, digital nomadism that that pure definition of it is is ever evolving. I think it's it's coming into light right now. So, um, you know, if you ask five people the definition of a digital nomad, you're you're going to get five different answers. Yeah. I think the most commonly cited definition of a digital nomad is um, somebody who has the ability to work remotely, whether they're, you know, employed and their employer allows them to work remotely or they're self-employed maybe as a freelancer and they have the ability to, you know, work in foreign countries and hop from place to place. Um, so that's that's probably the most common definition of a digital nomad. And then in terms of the the types of places and, and what they're looking for, um, you know, their research is showing that these are people who are willing to trade um, cash for for an incredible life experience. They oftentimes want to make enough money to cover their travel and to, to cover their lifestyle. Um, but, you know, that's they do prioritize um, working to live as opposed to living, living to work. So, I mean, where they want to be, they want to be where they can shut their laptop and then, you know, walk straight out into a neighborhood where they go hang out with the locals and they see what the locals are doing. Um, And that's not necessarily the central business district. That's going to be, again, the really cool, um, you know, Williamsburgs of the world. Well, I do, after the break, want to talk more about the digital nomads because I am kind of obsessed with this topic um, just as the economy changes. Yeah. um, I see more and more of this trend. But it is... 9.30 a.m. here in New York today. So I think it's breakfast time. um, And it looks like you brought us a snack today. So can you can you tell me about this? What's in this brown box? Yes. So ideally, I would have brought you um, something from Panama and something Israeli. Um, (laughs) So that's how it played out in my head. I was going to bring you something amazing from Israel. But actually, um, Le Pan Quotidien (laughs) is on my way walking down to the studio. So this morning I brought uh, an uh, a crowd pleaser forever, chocolate chocolate croissants, muffins, the usual. Some... Who doesn't love chocolate, right? Absolutely. Well, thank you. Excited to dig in. Up next, you'll hear a little bit more about the personal side of Raquel. 
how she ended up at Selena, and how she likes to travel as a digital nomad herself. Entrepreneurista, a woman who organizes and operates a business, taking on greater than normal financial risks in order to do so. One who has a drive, passion, and vision with an undying determination to succeed. She is fiercely motivated, ambitious, and competitive, forging her own path to independence and success. That's an entrepreneurista. Through the conversations on the Entrepreneurista podcast, we want to celebrate failures reflect on successes, and get unfiltered about what it takes to be your own boss. This is the Entreprenista Podcast, presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have, with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women in business are getting it done, and what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram, with no filters, no limits, and plenty of surprises. Check out all our latest episodes at entreprenistapodcast.com. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network. And find prior episodes at travelisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. So... We talked a little bit about these digital nomads and how those are your target customers. And it's definitely a buzzword. We yes. hear more and more in this industry and, you know, across industries, really. What is a digital nomad and how do they travel? Yeah, um, you're you're completely right. I agree with you that we hear this buzzword more and more. Um, and again, people don't fully understand what it is. And I, I don't think anybody does. The The definition of a digital nomad is changing. Um, I think what we're, we're learning is that as opposed to just, you know, closing your eyes and envisioning somebody that works remotely by day and hops from country to country, um, digital nomads are actually on more of a spectrum. So on one end, the extreme end of the, the spectrum, you do have somebody that can work remotely full time and move from country to country, but you have to realize these people are working during the day. They have to earn their living to to be able to keep up this traveling lifestyle, this nomadic lifestyle. Um, so they're not like backpackers in the sense that backpackers may be moving from place to place every two to three days. Digital nomads are are staying somewhere. Um, at, at minimum for, for a week or more because they do want to entrench themselves in the local community while working and, and make friends wherever they go. And you can't do that if you're constantly moving around. Um, so that's kind of one end of the spectrum. And then on the polar opposite end of the spectrum, um, you see that hospitality companies are trying to invite locals in more and more. And maybe you have on the, you know, the lowest end of the the digital nomad spectrum, you have somebody that has a full-time job. Um, they go into an office every day and they don't have the ability to work remotely, but maybe they're working on some kind of a side hustle or they have things that they do on nights and weekends and they they want somewhere to go outside yeah. of their own, maybe their own apartment. Um, and so you see these kind of like local, this local version of a digital nomad. And right now their options are really hotel lobby or coffee shop. And neither neither of those two things necessarily meet their needs in terms of the ability to really focus and, and work and, and relax in a 
an environment that's conducive to travel. And then somewhere somewhere in the middle, you you probably have people who, you know, they do have full-time jobs or they are freelancers with some ability to work remotely, but maybe not full-time. Right. Um, and so I think what we're trying to do you know, at Selena is is tell people that this incredible lifestyle of working remotely uh, and traveling the world is achievable and it's realistic for so many more people uh, than than are doing it today. So we want to grow this population so and you, support them. Yeah. Do you envision this population actually being nomadic, like not owning apartments? Or I, I always think of um, this Jack Kerouac quote, if you own a rug, you own too much, um, which is just kind of a funny take of, and kind of a Buddhist take of, okay, if you have these possessions that are pulling you down, um, how does that change your ability to to move through the world? Um, so is that your yeah. vision eventually that people just bop around from Selena to Selena and and don't really have a permanent home? Yeah. So it actually it's it's more than just my vision, too. We have I have several friends who have actually lived the digital nomad lifestyle for several years. One of my friends in particular that I'm thinking of, um, he lived the lifestyle for three years and he had nothing more than I think it was one suitcase, maybe two suitcases. And it seems crazy because I personally haven't lived that lifestyle, but but you know he's not alone, and he definitely isn't the only one doing that. Um, and you see companies like Remote Year really supporting this population yeah. of people who are are dying to live this lifestyle. And the way if you if you talk to him about his experience, you know he doesn't even. There's in his mind, he doesn't even think twice about living out of a suitcase for for several years. Um, instead, he will tell you about all of the friends that he met along the way. Um, he'll tell you about all the local spots that he went to. He'll try and give you recommendations in every city that he went to. And he'll talk about all of the memories and this incredible life experience that he's had while being a digital nomad. Um, and he'll also talk about the professional achievements that he made while while living this unconventional right. lifestyle. So, you know, this living out of a, of a suitcase with very few possessions, um, maybe it's not for everybody and maybe not every digital nomad needs to live that way. We're not saying, you know, only own one suitcase, um, but it's real. And we, th- we believe that more people would do it if they realize that there's, there's infrastructure out them to support them in living that lifestyle. Yeah. And, and okay, two two more questions on this. One, how old are these people? <laughs> are they do they fall within the millennial bracket or do they skew in different ages? And as they age, how does that affect the way they travel, right? Because I'm imagining these digital nomads with children, how does that kind of change the equation in their spending habits? Um, and then also, once we kind of hone into that group, I'd love to hear more about how they've affected the growth of Selena. Yeah. Um, so actually, I was just talking to another friend. Uh, this is a different friend who spent several years as a digital nomad herself. Um, and we asked her, you know, what are what were the ages of the people that you met along your journey who were also doing something similar? Uh, and she said, it would surprise you. The, the age range is all over the place, just completely all over the place. You have people who are 
um, you know, they they had long careers and they were ready for something different. So, you know, they're they're much older than than their 30s, but they want to live that lifestyle as well. And they need some income stream to support it. Um, and then you you have people who are much younger. So in terms of age range, um, you you would think, though, naturally that it's 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 younger people who aren't necessarily married and don't necessarily have children and don't have a mortgage. Um, that's kind of the typical image of a millennial actually. Um, but, but the age range does vary a lot and, and it's more accessible to, to everyone than, than people think. So these digital nomads that are your target customers, how have they affected the growth of Selena and how has this been core to your success having such a, a target audience? Yeah. Um, so we, we definitely do have a really strong focus on on these digital nomads being our core target audience. But I think, um, you know, that is that's kind of strategy 101 is if you focus really hard on meeting every single need of a very specific um, target demographic, you will do so well with that target demographic that you will have other people who maybe fall outside of it hop on and fall in love with your Mm. company and the brand and what you're trying to do. And that's what we're experiencing at Selena. Um, We're building a company that supports the lifestyle of digital nomads through, you know, various forms of accommodation, um, through co-working spaces, incredible food and beverage. Uh, And so we do see that we have people staying, you know, I was just down in Bogota, Colombia, and I met met somebody staying um, in a Selena who he he's staying there for it seemingly like a, a month at a time. So he's definitely a long-term guest um utilizing all of the amenities that we have at Selena. Um and and I think it's it's great to see people staying in Selena for these longer periods because they really help us to create a, a, a inviting warm culture and community on our properties. Um but similarly they're not the only ones staying. We we certainly do have um, backpackers and millennial vacationers as well. Um, and again, those are those are people who love the brand that we've created for these yeah. these digital nomads who are really hopping on. So what do these digital nomads actually do for work? I feel like I sound like my dad, <laughs> 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 who is very traditional, goes into the office every day, wears a suit, and yeah. he's like, what do you mean you're working from a coffee shop? What are these people doing? Why do they drink so much coffee? <laughs> no, but but seriously, what kind of careers are, are these folks in your co-working spaces doing? And how does that affect the vibe of the Selena? Um, and are there any kind of magic moments where people are collaborating on things together because of the environment that you guys have, have curated? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so generally speaking, we see a lot of you know freelancers, maybe graphic designers, uh, photographers, um, people who have kind of started their own businesses and and freelance and kind of make money as they as they go um in terms of magic moments one of the most active co-working spaces that we have um is in medellin colombia uh it's it's a true uh success story in our co-working portfolio um and apparently it's it's constantly occupied it is filled with people working remotely people working together um 
just people who pull out their laptops and are working on hot desks. Um, and it's when you really fill the co-working spaces with like-minded individuals, you know, they do need to take coffee breaks and they do take, you know, breaks at the end of the day to have a beer together. And that's where the magic moments happen um, because they start to talk and share stories and talk about what they're doing. Um, so we do, we do see that happening. Yeah, that's exciting. And I, I think we're starting to see from the venture capital perspective, just more startups coming out of the South American ecosystem generally. You know, SoftBank just raised a massive fund yep. focused solely on South America, which is always just an indicator of heat in the market. Um, so what other kind of startups are you seeing coming out of South America? And also, how are you guys thinking of technology in Selena? Um it sounds like you have a lot of interesting amenities. Yeah. Um, so how are you integrating technology and um, what is your perspective there? Um, so in terms of the the types of startups that we've we've seen at Selena, um, I know, you know, Medellin is an again, it's a great example of where they've, you know, they've tried to do a lot of programming for the entrepreneurial community, whether it's locals or the digital nomads that are working out of the co-working spaces. Um, they've really tried to do a lot of programming there to bring people together. Um, and in terms of the types of startups, uh, tons of, of tech companies and tons of different apps um, that people are trying to build, oftentimes to facilitate travel um, or experiences in the local community. Um, it, it really ranges though, actually. There's, there's a, a big variety in, in terms of the types of startups that people have. Um, I think, so to answer your second question, you know, how does Selena think about the importance and the role of technology? Um, and I think we see it as pivotal. Uh, our target demographic, uh, they, they just, they're used to the best technology at their fingertips, you know, one, one or two clicks on their phone and, and then, you know, that should facilitate their, their entire lifestyle. And we understand that our target demographic, um, this is just table stakes for them. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, you're also right that, the number of offerings and the breadth of products that Selena offers is is very broad. We have, you know, dormitory style accommodation. We have $400 a night suites. We have, um, you know, upcycled cement cylinders that we've turned into accommodation. We have hot desks and co-working, um, programming, events, surf clubs, explore tours. The, the list goes on and on d- depending on where that Selena location is and um, you know, we want to get to a place where we enable all of our guests to have, you know, as few clicks as possible from their mobile device um, to live this this lifestyle, this nomadic lifestyle very efficiently. Um, and along with that comes, you know, we understand we need to support flexibility and spontaneity, too, yeah. because people who are are working remotely or traveling or even backpacking, uh, you know, they they appreciate spontaneity and and our ability to support it. So anything we do from a technology perspective or, you know, from the membership that we we launch or the loyalty program that we launch, um, it needs to support that. Yeah, totally agree. Um, And loyalty. This is something 
on on this podcast that comes up with almost every single guest. Yeah. Is whether you're in the hospitality, aviation, even cruise space, loyalty is a big question mark for everyone right now. Yeah. Um, just because as we all as we all know, um, spending habits have changed, brand affinity has changed. Um, so how do you guys think about loyalty, especially as as an emerging brand? So loyalty is is still in the works for us right now. We are we are ac- actively working towards that. We and we have um, an incredible cross functional team um, working on developing formalized loyalty and membership programs right now. But I think one of the key takeaways and key strategic priorities for us with loyalty is using uh, using any form of of loyalty to drive the the spirit of our community and ensure that these you know meaningful connections are are being made and people are sharing stories and our our food and beverage and our coffee shop um outlets so you know that's and that's true loyalty for a millennial right. that's that's where we see see value as millennial travelers is is where have i made memories where have i met really cool interesting people where have i swapped stories um and that feeling that i get from from doing those things that's going to keep me coming back that's yeah. going to keep me loyal um it's 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 not as many we don't believe it's as many freebies as you would think but rather the quality of the interaction that you have will drive loyalty yeah. and raving fans i couldn't agree more um So I know we're kind of wrapping up on this portion, um, but to tie back into one of my first questions on what the impetus of Selena was, I'm curious how you landed here um, and what what was your path to joining Selena? I always say that some of the best things in life just are not planned. You can't you can't plan for life. And maybe that's the millennial in me. Um, I was actually in consulting prior to this. I worked um, in, you know, transaction advisory. So I was working on different things um, in the deal environment. Um, and I I had worked on a number of different industries, a number of different types of technical projects. Um, and I was really looking to use the the technical skill sets that I built to, to work more closely with a company that I, I got to see the, the fruition of of the work come together. Um, and I got to be closer to the implementation of it and, and really see the rewards of of the work that I was doing. Um, so I, I was actually, I was just, you know, kind of looking around and I, I thought maybe I wanted to be in venture capital. Um, and during that search, I went on the website AngelList, where the world goes to meet <laughs> startups, uh, and I found Selena was the the first thing I found the first time wow. that I went on that website, and I felt like it was kind of meant to be. So I immediately me- uh, reached out to my boss. She's just an, an incredible leader. Um, uh, on LinkedIn, she's Selena's head of global strategy, and I said, you know, I think we should chat. I I. I think that I could really, you know, knock this role out of the park. Um, let's let's connect, and we did, and the rest is really history. It's been it's been a, a wild and very rewarding ride um, because we've you know seen so much growth, and and I came uh, onto the company right after uh, Selena raised its Series B, uh, and then about a month ago we announced that we raised our Series C for. 100 million. So it's just been this really rewarding wild ride. 
Yeah, completely. Yeah. Um, and the other question that probably should have been my first question because I'm personally dying to know, where did the name Selena come from? Um, so <laughs> I, I've heard a couple of different stories about where the name Selena came from. Um, but I, I think what happened was, you know, one night our founders were, were hanging out, um, on a patio, uh, in, I think it was probably Pedasi, Panama. I, I could be wrong, but, um, they were hanging out and they were envisioning, you know, the ideal guest at their ideal hospitality outlet. It's somebody who, you know, is well-traveled and, and really bright and curious and adventurous. And they were, they were just ideating on who this ideal guest would be. And they were trying to characterize the guest. Um, and then ultimately somebody there threw out the name Selena. Selena would be that ideal guest. Um, and the name, the name stuck. Yeah. Great. And then I think to wrap it up, um, we usually ask about something personal. We've been talking a lot about Selena and your outlook um, on the hospitality market. Um, But just to learn a little bit about you, where do you travel when you take vacation? That's a really good question. Where do you like to go and what do you like to do? Um, So I'm actually – I'm a diver. I I love scuba diving. Um, I just finished my advanced – certification a couple of months ago in the British Virgin Islands. So that was amazing. Um, There's just something so peaceful about being underwater and in a tropical and warm environment only for me. (laughs) Don't do cold water diving. Um, So I I think probably the the best trip, the best dive trip I've ever been on was um, in Indonesia uh, in Bunakin National Park, which is – it's not on, on Bali, which mo- most people think of. It's actually on the northeastern tip of Sulawesi. Um, and the coral, the reef walls, I mean, it was just, you know, close your eyes and envision treasure chests of rainbow-colored treasure chests of, of coral. And yeah. that was incredible. And we stayed, you know, with a, a couple of locals in this really small dive shop. It was magnificent. That's amazing. Yeah. When you are traveling, how do you find where you're going to stay and the places that match those requirements if, God forbid, there's not a local Selena in that location? (laughs) Well, I was going to say Selena is probably the easiest way to do it because I feel like I have built-in friends everywhere I go. Um, But when I'm not, to be honest, I think it's about speaking to the people you meet on your way. So it's the person that greets you when you check in. It's the person that is giving you that surf lesson or the person working in the surf shop uh, prior to you starting your surf lesson. It's the person that's that's driving you or the person that's, you know, serving you food or or playing guitar, you know. It's it's you you have to just talk to people. You have to get to know the people around you when you travel. Ask them, you know, what they do and where they go and um Getting to know, getting to know people is probably the best, the best way to find the, the real fun, genuine things that are going on wherever you travel. So, what's the best way um, for our listeners to reach out to you if they want to get directly in touch? And also, how can they book a Selena? Because they know they're going to want to after listening to this. Yes. Um, so, in terms of getting in touch with me or anybody on on my team, I'm, I'm on the global strategy team. Um, you can certainly look us up on LinkedIn. My name is Raquel Casurza. My boss is uh, Bryn Rojas, and my counterpart, my, the other director on our team, is 
Ben Martin Katz. So, you know, please feel free to reach out to us on on LinkedIn. We're always happy to chat and we we love to connect with other people in the travel and hospitality industry and, and share knowledge uh, and build relationships. And then how to get in touch with Selena. We are not hard. We are <laughs> one very outgoing, um, friendly and welcoming group of group of people. So, um, you know, you know, check us out on our website, find people on LinkedIn, find people on social media. Um, if you, you say Selena and that you want to talk, any one of us would, would love to do so. And do you guys encourage book direct only is the only way to book a Selena on your website or do you offer your inventory through other platforms? Yes. So we do offer our inventory through other platforms. Um, we certainly love when people do book direct. Um, <laughs> actually, we we have an, um, a really large number of, of walk-ins as well because we do have um, a very nomadic group of guests. Um, so you can, you can find us on Selena.com. You can use our app. You can walk in. You can find us on some of the more mainstream booking channels. We are, we are not hard to find. We have our inventory out there. Thank you so much, Raquel, for coming on. That was a really interesting conversation. Thank you for having me. Awesome company. Um, I'm really excited to try out a Selena myself, as I'm sure our listeners are as well, um, after this conversation. So thanks for tuning in. Um, And for me, Bess Chapman, happy trails. This has been Travel Is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2019. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network. And find prior episodes at travelisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect. Connect.